As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I have the incredible Mamika with us today. This is your second time on my show, my friend. I know. I love that because it's super fun. We get to talk about more stuff we talk about. And I know you and I can talk forever. We can. And (laughs) I think you might be my first guest that I've had on here twice. Maybe like one, two or three people. But I mean, I've had Nikki Nash on now. She's my business partner. So of course she's been on here more than one time, but I think you might be my first like repeat guest. So there you go. I'm honored. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Almost 150 episodes. You might actually be like 150. So welcome back, (laughs) Mamika. I'm so excited to dive in. Um, We have so much to talk about in the neuroscience world and really bridging the faith-based world and, and merging those two worlds together. And that's something that I've been really fascinated by recently as well, because I'm a believer just like you, and I study mindset. You are an expert in mindset. And sometimes I can even get caught kind of in the middle, like, am I following biblical principles in the mindset neuroscience world? Because that's something that's really important for me. So I'm so excited to dive into this conversation Um, why don't you take a moment, tell us a little bit about who you are, give us a snapshot on your background, and then we're going to dive into uh, a juicy conversation. Definitely. Well, I appreciate being back on the show. So thank you so much. And this is always going to be fun to be able to share because I know we, you and I could talk about neuroscience and I know it's one of these, these subjects that I think have are starting to get some attention. And it hasn't really been really talked about enough, which is what gets me so excited about to talk about on my soapbox. But My whole background is I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. I met and married my high school sweetheart, and we both have been running our own businesses um, since the early 90s. I'm dating myself here. And uh, I've had three different business models myself, from photography to coaching to uh, uh, marketing agency. And throughout this process, you know, uh, I've had to learn a few things by making quite a few mistakes. Yeah, And one, once I'd realized, you know, as we kind of grow up a little, we realized, you know, we don't really want to repeat the mistakes. We want to learn from those mistakes. And what I had, um, I'd gone through a very heavy season where I've losing a, a close family member or having a child with a mental health crisis, having a business failure, not so great, which eventually put me a burnout and breakdown. And it was a big fat, like stop sign, like, hey, something has to change because I'll be the first to admit Gave up my membership to Control Freaks Anonymous because I'm the recovering perfectionist, always wanting to go, go, go and never stop. I have two gears, full blast and full stop, as you can tell. I talk at 100 miles an hour. My brain works at 100 miles an hour. But I'd realized it wasn't sustainable and I had to really take time to dive into what was I doing with my life? What am I doing with my business? Because it was funny enough to discover that the the business problems I was having were actually personal problems in disguise. Mm. And once I'd realized my mindset was a hot mess, the driver in this car was foot to the gas, not watching the road signs, just speeding at all at all opportunities. Um, I'd realized something had to give until it did. So you know, about uh, seven eight years ago, I got into that position, and I'd realized I had to change my 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 
trajectory, my life, what I was doing. And went back to school and learned all about um, coaching and leadership and how the brain works. And I'm a total neuroscience geek. I've now become a, a brain health uh, trainer. And I love to figure out how the brain works in terms of getting the best potential out of ourselves. And that's really what it brings me here today and why I now I'm very excited to share about this process because um, I've gone through this myself, learned things the hard way. So hopefully today what we can dive into would be useful information to help you avoid the burnout and the breakdown, but to really learn how to optimize your brain by learning about how to take control of your thoughts and how to step into the best that you can possibly be. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. Yeah. You know, we all have stuff from childhood, call it trauma, conditioning, programming, and it creeps up over and over and over again. And I'm sure you've had people say this to you. I've heard people say to me, you know, such and such is coming up again. I thought I dealt with that 10 years ago when I went to therapy for two years. Why is it coming back up again? And for most of us, you get to a certain point in your life and you realize like, what's a thing that keeps coming up for me over and over and over again. It's the same thing that keeps coming up for me over and over and over again. And um, I was actually working on this with myself recently and I'm working with a mindset coach too. I started working with her like last year and she calls it a winning strategy. She was like, what has been your winning strategy your whole life to get to where you are? And so I was dancing around and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, can you finally just, will you please just tell me what it is? And she was like, you like competition. You want to win. And she goes, if you look at all your patterns and how you've been successful, that's what's driven you. And what she meant by competition was basically like, I can outwork anybody. And probably like somewhat similar to you, Mamika, in terms Mm -hmm. of like the go, 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 and just overwork and do the thing and get burned out. I've had really, really similar patterns. And that never fully, it's not like you're just going to like get rid of it and it goes away and it just keeps coming up as you go to the next level. So why don't Mm -hmm. we start there and talk about some of the most common patterns that you're seeing in people and why does it keep coming up over and over and over again? And is it going to keep coming up forever? (laughs) Well, we can get very frustrated with ourselves when we find ourselves locked into patterns and mindsets and behaviors that seem to repeat themselves. And really it is, a lot of it has got to do with either the way we were raised and habits that we've adopted. And oftentimes they're, especially for entrepreneurs, I find this a lot, they work in this area of, you know, zone of genius and they know, oh, this worked in the past. I'm going to just keep this, keep this path. But they don't realize, and they, they maybe they've never really thought about what their blind spots are because that, that's what they are. We're blind. We can't see them. Mm-hmm. And normally what happens is that you end up creating the same results. So it's either like, for example, you know, somebody approaches a business problem and the next minute they have the same result they had from the previous business and this, the business fails the same way and we can't seem to put our finger on it. And often it is our, our brain putting the brakes in our potential because we don't know that in a, on a subconscious level, there's some programming that is running underground that is like ruling the way we, we think and process information and, and, and even feel and um, emote and run relationships and make choices, right? There's always this almost like lens we're thinking of. And the, the best way I love to describe it, Ed, is if you think about it, your 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 brain and your mind are, your brain is the hard way because our minds are like computers. You have the hard way, you buy it from the store, you know, you get it out the box and it's all fresh and it's got the factory settings and everything works great. The memory's fabulous. And then you have the mind, which is the software, which is the programming. Now, anyone who's ever had a computer 
after a while, you know, once you've downloaded things, the the trash gets really full, the memory, you know, that you have to clear the cache if you wanted to, and it starts slowing down and slowing down and these hiccups start happening. We have the same thing with our mind, but we've, we've taught how to go uh, exercise for better health and go on a diet for better food, but we've never taught ourselves or trained ourselves how to think. We just think the thoughts that pop in our minds. We've never been trained how to process our thought patterns or how to emotionally regulate. Because here's the thing, we don't have a mental health problem. We have an emotional processing problem because uh, today's world and society is so driven by how we feel. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel happy. And we're so focused on feelings that we let the feelings drive ourselves that eventually the programming thing takes over and then everything's out of control. Where the, My process is let's put the brakes and just figure out what's going on. And um, in my book, um, the, my new one that's just come out, Unstick Your Mind, I talk about these three um, figures, almost like these characters that live in our brain. I call it the, the toddler, the teenager, and the therapist. Now, the toddler, if you've ever been a parent who's raised a toddler and who's having a complete meltdown, you cannot reason with a two-year-old having a tantrum. And there's only so much imp- input you can get in there. And the toddler is like, uh, I want things now, I'll, you know, give me, give me, give me, and I don't like this, and you're making me upset, and go away, give me my lollipop. The teenager is very apathetic and, oh, this is so boring. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I'm not motivated to do this. Like, oh, my gosh, it's not fair, the whole emotional drama. But then we have the therapist, which is also the parent or the adult in the brain who's like, it's okay. I understand you're feeling this, but we're going to process this and let it pass. And a lot of us don't realize that we have the toddler and the teenager running amok in our brains where we need to flip that and start to train ourselves to allow the therapist to take control and to process our thoughts and emotions so we don't get stuck in things like anxiety and depression and inactivity and procrastination. These are all symptoms. Mm. They're not necessarily conditions. And I tell you, you can get me on a ranch now with on my soapbox about labels. Because here's the thing in the psychology world, the only reason we had these disorders and uh, psychoses and um, diseases labeled was that so the medical uh, practitioners would know how to treat the patients. So it was never meant to be in the in the the the, the general popular space for us to uh, own the labels like my anxiety or my depression. Like no, that's not who you are. That is emotional response to triggers and stresses that have now created an emotional physiological reaction and a thought process that maybe puts you in a fear response, which is based in trauma. But we've never been taught that this isn't who you are. You're not stuck Mm. there. And some of the greatest things um, and part of where I got my training was through Daniel uh, Daniel Amen of Amen Clinics. And he loves to talk about the process, which is you're not stuck with the the brain that you have. You can age backwards and you can change your brain based on neuroscience and re, you know, choice and all the kind of good things that we can spend all day talking about. But that's what gets me excited about this is, is the good news is that it's not your fault. If you've been finding yourself stuck in this perpetual cycle of doing the same thing, maybe it's that unconscious bias, beliefs, values, and patterns of behavior you were, you were trained. Let's say like you were a 10-year-old and you experienced some rejection or you got bullied. In my case, that was true. And I always felt like I had to prove myself and perform for that sense of being of love and acceptance. And we don't realize without addressing that hurt 10-year-old, 
she's going to continue thinking like that because there's no there's no expiry on emotions or trauma memories right Mm -hmm. and this is what I love to help people understand is to process that um and I'm not necessarily a therapist but I love to take it from the approach of it's okay where do you want to be so let's just work through the junk that's stuck in the back closet in the trunk to help you process and just like learning to go to the gym it's it's building your mind's muscle memory reconfirming what we don't want to know getting rid of the stuff that doesn't suit us and creating new habits and patterns and programming so we can have a optimal working computer and brain that brings us the world and the happiness that we want, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, with the example of the 10-year-old, let's say, you know, you're a 10-year-old, you got bullied, you said you did, and you had felt like you had to prove yourself that you were lovable and likable and so you wouldn't get rejected. So now you're an adult. Where do you start with the work? Like, What's still driving that trauma response and and what's still activating that memory? Is it something that's stored in the body? Is it a feeling? Is it a thought? Like which comes first? It's kind of like the question, like which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like which is coming first, the mind or the body using your example from a childhood trauma? Yeah. Well, here's the thing is trauma is 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 um, stored in our brain and our body. That's why when we talk about, you know, training, this is the embodiment in terms of like, let's just say, for example, um, the anxiety as a, as a feeling. What happens when you feel your body will show you signs like tightness of chest or when you're nervous, like you know you're going to have to perform on a stage or speak on a stage and all of a sudden you, your stomach gets knocked and you get, oh, you see somebody you like and you get butterflies. Like your body is always talking to you. It's always telling you things. Um, it's always showing you a a physical response in terms of what's going on internally. And I, I love to talk about this in my book as well, and all the things that I teach it, we are a three-part being. We're not just the mind. We're not just the body We are and the soul. We are holistically created by God to function together. So we have the body, which will physiologically show us an outward sign of what's going on internally. We have our spirit, which is who we are really at our core. And then we have our soul, which is really our mind, our will, and emotions, which is what parts of our lives that get affected through life, trauma, experiences. And a lot of us are walking around with soul wounds and hurts and trauma and experiences that we've never processed. Now, just like anything, like the computer, if you don't process that emotion and go back and reconfigure the thought and say, as a 40-year-old woman now, I want to address the 10-year-old who had that experience and tell her it's okay, it's safe, that's not necessarily true of everybody you meet. Not everybody's going to reject you or bully you. This isn't how you need to see the lens of life. So, and this is where, you know, just obviously I I must state that, you know, people who are experiencing trauma, that there are different levels, but if you are really experiencing um, debilitating trauma where you can't function, I will advise that you seek out professional help from like a therapist or psychologist. We're not necessarily talking about that level of trauma. We're just looking at it from a performance and a functional part of that it's something you're seeing and you're recognizing it's happening again and again. And ha- habitual patterns of thoughts and behavior are a great way of to indicate like, hmm, why do I keep doing this? Where did this thought first come from? And when did I start exhibiting this behavior? And example, like you could be looking through a family album and all of a sudden there's a picture or a reminder and you're like, <gasps> You know, that feeling where you have this immediate response and you either you feel tightness or anxiety or anger or something comes up. I always like to tell people is to tune in 
to what you're thinking, feeling, and processing and allow yourself to slow down and just to accept it and look at it objectively and say, okay, I'm not that scared 10-year-old anymore. I'm now a 40-year-old woman looking at my life or perhaps this, this, this memory objectively. Like think of your life like a movie. I'm watching myself as a character on the screen. I'm not in the movie. I'm just watching. What would I tell that 10-year-old? Um, and, and a lot of the time, we're not taught these skills. It's emotional irregulation and processing and taking your thoughts captive, which is why the Bible ain't wrong. 12, 12, Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind daily. Didn't say do it once and done. And this is where I feel we have missed it a little bit in terms of the therapy model. We think, oh, I've processed that. I can move on. Well, not necessarily. It's As far as I'm concerned, we live every day. We eat every day. We shower every day. We exercise every day. So why should we not think that emotional regulation or, or mental processing is just a once and done? And I think if we just accept that and are kind to ourselves and say, you know what? You, you are much better than you were yesterday, but you're not exactly where you want to be, but you're a work in progress. Let's just keep moving. Yeah. Let's yeah. just approach this like an exercise, a daily mind exercise, renew your mind, get up, take a shower, take a mental shower, and tomorrow we do it again. But you get stronger every day, just like showing up to the gym. You you show up and you do the exercises and eventually you're going to look back, you know, oh, well, that thing doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been able to get rid of that bad habit and replace it with what I want to be doing. And before you know it, you're you're a new person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I think sometimes we get really banana shape, especially when we are doing the mindset work and the thought work on a daily basis. I think a lot of our listeners are really into this conversation and really into this topic. And I'd say that probably like 80% of the time, they're, they're doing some sort of thought work or some sort of mindset work. Here's where I think people get a little tripped up. It's that they will still have not so good moments and still have not so good days where they just don't feel like they're just not in it. They're just not in it that day. I mean, they may wake up tomorrow and Tuesday and not want to do a lick of work, even though they're running a business. Is it true or false that when you're doing this work, every single day is going to be a good day? Are you still going to have some days that aren't that good, even when you're doing this work? Well, let's be honest. We're human beings, not human doings. We're not androids and machines. We don't just- Not not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know, and and this is where I think we can't lose humanity in what we do. We are humans. We have emotions. We have good days. We have bad days. And we just have to be kind to ourselves and go, you know what? I might not have done the 10 things on my to-do list today, but I got the one thing done. And sometimes we need to rest and recover. Like Mm -hmm. Just going and going and going will cost you something. There is a price to that. And we have to decide what price we wanted to want to pay. Is mm-hmm. it time? Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it health? Is it our sanity? W- what is it? You are always paying a price on a daily basis and you've got to decide, you know, life is a ba- uh, balancing of checks and balances. Might spend more time here and a little less time here and maybe more energy here. And it's about balance. Balance is never even. It's always a little this, right? Up and down, up and down. And I think if we can just say, you know, and this is where I talk a lot about celebrating the wins and slowing down to speed up. And what I mean by that is you can't keep maintaining that that level of performance forever. Sometimes it requires you to slow down. And I love to use the analogy of a car. So if you're driving on the highway and you know you got your 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 foot on the gas and you're going at 100 miles an hour, something has got to give. Either you're going to run out of gas 
or you're going to get stuck on the side of the road, going to get pulled over for speeding or get crash and burn. Neither of those are really good options. But just like we have of our vehicles, we have to maintain them. We have to take them in for a service. We have to regularly fill them up with gas. Sometimes we need to give them a rest and, you know, retire or go for a car wash or whatever it is. We take care of our vehicles, but we tend to forget that us as human beings, um, we are, we're made in God's image. And believe me, if God needed a day to rest, I think we should know that too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We have to be kind to ourselves and say, what did I do today? And celebrate each little win as a step forward. So instead of taking the, the bat and beating ourselves up and saying of the things we didn't do, we need to flip the script and say, you know what? You did this today. That's awesome. Let's go celebrate. And realize just as humans as we are, we are infallible. We need that rejuvenation. We need to be resting, whether it's resting the mind or resting the body uh, and I'm say I'm originally from South Africa, and America. I've been living in America for 17 years, and Americans are the worst when it comes to taking time off. You mm-hmm. guys think you know one week is enough of a vacation, and I'm sorry, it's not. You know, it really. It find, the studies have shown that between 11 and 14 days is when you really start to recover. So if you think about it, we should be taking a minimum of two weeks of vacation consecutively, not a week mm-hmm. here and a week there. Because it's we are forever in that perpetual cycle of go, go, go. And just when you start to feel like you're rejuvenating, you go and put your foot on the gas again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, eh, oh, eh, stop, start, stop, start. And sometimes we just have to decide, like, where am I going? How long, how much gas am I actually going to need for this trip? Mm-hmm. Instead of stopping every two seconds because something's falling apart, how can we just be more preemptive and think, well, before I get to that phase, let me take some time off because you can't super think your way out of complex problems when you're stressed, full of anxiety, running on the rat race, constantly pushed, feeling like you're a never ending cycle of to do's. You are then working out of a fear response and a fear response creates a mental, physiological, emotional, and spiritual responses, which then keeps you in survival mode. And you Mm -hmm. can't be creative in survival mode. You can't be creative and calm when you're dealing with a situation of fear, anxiety, and speed. So slowing it down can feel very counterintuitive. Believe me, I've, you know, uh, have a lot of tendencies of wanting to do things a hundred miles an hour. And sometimes mm-hmm. slow can feel like nothing. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of training to allow yourself that stillness. And um, this modern society has lost the essence. I mean, in the world, they call talk of meditation, and you know, in Christian spaces, is contemplative prayer. But it's almost like we're afraid of our own company, and we're afraid of silence. Yeah, so, it's like what do, what do we do when we're bored? Who are we? Who are we? I think it's more of a question of who am I, and who am I going to meet when I am sitting in silence or when I am taking this two week break? Exactly, it's confronting as well. People are are you say we're afraid of boredom, but boredom is the is the brainchild of creativity if you think Mm -hmm. about when you were a kid like i grew up in the 80s okay before all this you know uh technology stuff and if there wasn't if i was bored during summer vacation or the holidays my mom will go go find something go outside go find sticks and stones and make something make mud pies Mm -hmm. and make up stories and be creative and you know we were tinkering in the garage and taking bits of scrap metal and making go-karts and making something out of nothing why do you think us generational x's have created so much in the world because we embrace boredom we Mm -hmm. didn't have things and 
Nintendo switches and iPads and cell phones to constantly keep us plugged in. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I'm a parent as well. I've got three kids, two which are young adults and one that's a teenager. And I can very easily fall prey to, oh, she's bored. Let me just give her something to keep herself occupied. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the worst thing I can do. It's like I need her to be bored mm-hmm. for her to get creative. Yes. And we are we are almost disabling our kids in a way that we are not allowing that creative part of their brain to embrace superthink, to think beyond what's entertainment. And to stop perpetuating this, you have to be entertained every five minutes. You have to keep going. You have to check your phone. You know, know, it's less, think about it like you got your fingers stuck in the wall in the electric socket and you're shocking yourself. Like nothing's good going to come from that. We kind of need to take a finger out the plug and go, you know what? We literally do need to unplug. And I know it's not easy because we are forever in a society expected to respond to emails and phone calls and you know, Instagram likes and like immediately. But so what if you wait? You know, is it really the end of the world if it takes you an hour or a day to respond to that person? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to make that quality decision for ourselves. Like what is best for our mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health mm-hmm. is not to just always be feeling like we're being pushed to do things because as human beings, we still have agency and control and freedoms. Mm-hmm. that we can exercise. So I think the the sooner we can realize that it is really up to us to decide what how our days go and not to be a victim of circumstance, the more calm and clear thinking you can be and the more content you'll be with life knowing that you are in the driver's seat of your vehicle and you can go where you want to go if you decide to make those decisions and put those steps into place. Yeah, you know, especially in the United States, I think a lot of people believe or the thought that they're thinking, if they slow down a little bit, if they have give themselves some soul rest, they're going to be behind. And we have a lot of thought leaders and experts and coaches and, and motivators and influencers who are talk. I mean, their big message is go, 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 go and get ahead. And it's separation season. And you know, while you're working, nobody else is. And so they're getting behind. So it's almost like all these years of I'm going to get behind. And I've heard so many clients over the years say that they're terrified of getting behind and what they mm-hmm. think is going like what they think the consequences are going to be of resting. It's as though resting is going to create a consequence that now everybody else is so much further along than you and you've missed the boat and you've missed your chance. I think a lot of people truly do believe that. Mm, it is. It's this hustle culture, unfortunately, is created this perpetual cycle of gotta go to go to go to go to go, hustle till you drop, right? But here's the thing is like, first of all, there's a few, few things, but the biggest thing is that why are we comparing ourselves to someone else's journey? Mm. We keep thinking that we're gonna be behind. Behind what exactly? Mm-hmm. Like you're not living that person's life, you're not running that person's business, you're not having the same responsibilities, you don't have the same background. This is what's amazing about us as human beings. We Each and every one of us is unique, uniquely made, uniquely wired. We look all different. Uh, we function differently. We have different uh, goals and ideas and um, you know talents that I, that's why I have a big problem with this whole sort of do the system and all of a sudden you'll be an overnight success because so-and-so did it. And what I've realized, believe me, I've been in business for 25 years. It, that's doesn't work. You cannot duplicate someone else's system expecting it to work for you because you are not them. Yep. You don't have the same abilities, the same time, 
And I know us women are notorious for this where, you know, when you, the working mother's guilt where you're with the kids and you're thinking about the clients and the business you, you, you're not doing. And then when you're with the clients, you feel guilty, you're not with the kids and this constant being pulled in two different directions. And I know I was guilty of the same thing, thinking if I wasn't working hard enough, I would be behind Mm -hmm. what the industry was expecting. But I had to realize behind what? Who has decided that we all start and finish this 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 life of this race of life at the same pace? We actually mm-hmm. not. We're designed to be at our different paces. And I truly believe in seasons that sometimes you're in a go season. Like look at nature. Mm-hmm. We have spring, summer, autumn, and fall and winter. You can't expect to grow all year round. And often people don't like a winter season because they think that nothing's happening, there's no life, everything's dry and it's dead. But that's a germinating season. The seeds underground are still doing their thing. It's just you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes spring, you start to see a few buds. Growth isn't overnight. And yet we still fight that in life and business and yeah. we think we can get around that. That all of a sudden we just apply this one little hack or do this one software program or this one system or you know pay for this thing that this other business person did. And all of a sudden, we're going to just have this huge harvest of a million clients and all this money raining down on us. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? We're, yeah. we're adults. Mm-hmm. That does not happen. That's in fairy tales. But I'm glad to say I've realized to stay in my lane, go at my own pace. And sometimes it's a little fur- further along. Sometimes it's slowing down. Sometimes like when I had kids, I had to take the, the car off the road, get it re- you know, re-engineered and wait for the season to to meet itself again and really comes back to comparing ourselves. Like, who are we and why are we driving this race and where are we wanting to go? And and I know I've worked with entrepreneurs as well, is that sometimes I don't even know where there is. How mm. do you decide when there is, when you've arrived? Mm. Like, where is there? That's Have good. you actually decided where there is? Mm. That would be good to know, right? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Okay, something really juicy I I want us to have time for you to dive into, and that is bridging neuroscience and faith and biblical principles. You know, you and I are both Christian women, and and both of us have been around the church and in the church for a long time as well. In the church, terminology about neuroscience, it, it does not exist there. I've never heard anybody from the church, in the church, anybody who I follow ever talking about neuroscience. I certainly did not grow up hearing that in the church at all. And then we have this kind of mindset, neuroscience, science world, and you almost, I mean, it's so super rare. It is so rare to hear someone talk about biblical principles, about God, about Jesus, uh, scripture when they're focused on science, yet you have bridged the two together. So how do the two work together? Exactly. Well, I'm glad you asked. One of my favorite topics. Yeah. And this is the good news is that science is finally catching up with the Bible. So we talk about Romans 12. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Which one came first? Which one came first? Right. The Bible came first. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Because if we think about it, God knows everything. He knew everything before things were created. And he knew he designed us on purpose and he knew how our brains work. But back in the day, they didn't really have an understanding of conceptual ideas of psychology. Um, and unfortunately, there's this vein of thought in this in the science world that um uh you know, science is science and there's no such thing as faith that's involved in science. But Round about, I think the 1600s, I need to look at my um, my notes. I wrote it in my book. But back in the day, there, there was no differentiation between science and faith. 
because the church was the head of, of would direct the way that people lived, like in Roman times. And if you look at um, a lot of uh, like, you know, well, this is probably past so- Socrates. Socrates was Greek, but there's a lot of, you know, um, academics that really refer a lot to how faith in God is part of how we function. And just unfortunately, the last sort of maybe two, 200 years or so, we've tried to take God out of that. And that's that's the missing piece is because, like I, I re- alluded to earlier, we are a three-part being. We have a spirit, which is who we are internally, and that never changes. And then we have our body, which is the physical physical you know, view of what people see, how we function. And then we have our soul, which has three parts, which is the mind, the will, and emotions, is which is the part that gets a little messy. But when we talk about faith in the Bible, like when God said in the Bible, renew your mind daily, he knew what it meant to do this daily. You have to have a daily shower. Well, especially in modern society, maybe back in the day, they used to do it once a month, but ill. But today, as far as I know, I shower every day. I eat every day. And why should I approach my thinking and my my processing any different? So God knew he really what we needed, but he just, he didn't specifically say it was a science based. Now, here's another thing that people might not be aware of. There's, there's a process called a scientific method. Now, in science itself, if somebody comes up with an idea, they create a paper and then they put it out for peer review. Now, what that means is, say, I have an example of an idea that I want to put out there and I want to see what everybody else in my peers are going to think about this. So they actually put it up and they ask for criticism. They ask for people to debate them, to show me what that means. And it really means you have to be open and be willing to accept criticism and that somebody might have another objection to what you're saying. But for some reason, science has been entrenched in us that you don't question it. But that's not exactly what a scientific method is. The whole process of science is to keep iterating, reinventing, looking for ways of new ways of doing things. And how do you do that? Is you are open to change. You're open to looking at things from somebody else's perspective and you're willing to challenge. And we've forgotten how to, how to think in a scientific method by questioning what we hear. We have just been trained in our school system and society not to question, mm-hmm. just to accept what we hear as truth and not to actually look at where the truth comes from. So that's why God says his word, word is true, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. If he said that, then I can guarantee you that anything else that comes after that needs to align with what God's word said. And if he made our brain the way he did for these processing, and we know you know, from science that we're not actually using our full brain's capacity, what if we opened ourselves up to having a more of a contemplative questioning and challenging mind approach to this is what I'm hearing, but is this true? Actually become scientists ourselves and start to use a scientific method of thinking of things and challenging them and saying, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I have a different viewpoint. I I was raised differently to you. So let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, society wants to shut down people who have a view that's contrary to their own which mm. is very unhealthy for society because back in the, the dark ages, the reason why it was called the dark ages, they didn't have a lot of innovation because people were not allowed to speak out. They were not allowed to go against anything that the church and the state said, and they were shut down. And that created a very bad time. So I really think that we are at the stage in life where we, we should be, be allowed to question our, everything from our own thinking and behaviors 
to what we presented with mm-hmm. because being open and being willing to be criticized and challenged and say, maybe, you know, what you're thinking isn't right, but this is why I believe what I believe and being open to hearing pers- perspective because that's how we grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do we, how do you, well, maybe this is just a personal question for you. How do you know if the thoughts you're hearing are from God or not? Well, how do you tell a counterfeit uh, money from the fake? Is you study the you study the original, you study where like if you ever look at anybody who's who um, assesses artwork or um, you know money for forgers, they spend years analyzing what the truth is, and we've spent so much time being distracted by the fakes and the phonies that we haven't really gone back to what the original is to mm-hmm. really study, and that is God's word, what He said in the Bible. So. You know, this isn't about just what we learned at um, Sunday school, and this isn't a religious thing. So what I do when I process something is if I have a thought that comes up, I go, okay, I'm going to take the scientific method and question, is this real? Is this is this true? And like, say, for instance, if I have a fear-based thought, I go, okay, you know, like, uh, say, for instance, the thought is, oh, you're not good enough. Okay, well, what does God's word say about me? And I'll go, God's word says I'm loved and da-da-da-da-da-da. So beep delete that's not true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the only way i know that is to actually spend time and read what god says about me mm-hmm. so uh, that my training my mind and my spiritual and my physical and emotional is spending more time and focusing on the things that are true and and not the fake mm-hmm. we don't want to keep being diverted down giving that too much attention and looking for a devil behind every bush i would rather right. decide on what has god said about me if you think about it what did jesus do when the devil um took him into the wilderness and tested him. He didn't argue with him. He said, it is written. Mm -hmm. God's word says it is written. He kept providing him with the evidence and saying, nope, you're accusing me, but it says here, you trying to say that that's not true. So just like think of your life standing in the courtroom, Mm -hmm. that you are forever being accused of things and challenged with things, but you have the evidence and you have the courts on your side. Because we've already been told the ruling has already been made in our favor. We just need to present the evidence to say, the truth is said. I have a contract that says I'm loved and chosen and I belong I belong to God. So anything you say boop, cannot mm-hmm. be taken into this court as truth. Mm-hmm. So just a matter matter of switching your positioning in this this movie called life. Yeah. And instead of being the victim in there who's being harassed. You think of yourself as a smart lawyer who knows her stuff, who's going to go to her back to the books and present that as evidence so that every time that bad thought or that bad emotion wants to uh, show up, you just put it through the filter and say, is this true or is this a lie? Mm-hmm. And eventually that muscle will become so strong in you that it's just going to be instant. You won't even have to think about it because you've now retrained your brain mm-hmm. to process truth from lies. And you're going to be able to spot things a mile away that eventually you'll be like, "Mm, not even going to take a minute to even spend my time dealing with that. And it just becomes a such, such more life becomes a lot more fun. Yeah, it does. When you have those skills. I love that explanation. I'll share a quick resource and I'll put this in the show notes for the listeners. I'm actually going through this process as well. There's a podcast and there are resources. You can buy them on, on Amazon. I'll, I'll put a link here called the Bible recap. And it's basically like four chapters a day. And then I also have the book, the Bible recap, and there's four or five questions per four chapters. 
And it doesn't go in order of the Bible. It actually goes in chronological order of when things actually happen. So you start with Genesis, then you jump to Job. So you're not actually going in order of the books of the Bible. It's really cool if anybody is new to that, or you just want to like do a refresh on the Bible. I think it's so important that you're actually studying the word, just like you said. So Mm -hmm. this is awesome. I know you have got a number of books that people can purchase on Amazon and you've got a new book coming out as well. So tell us a little bit about that and where folks can learn more about your work, Mamika. Definitely. Well, the best place to connect with me is my website, which is mamikakuni.com. And I'll spell it for your audio listeners as M-I-M- I-K-A-C-O-O-N-E-Y.com. And all my books are listed there. The one that I'm publishing right now is called Unstick Your Mind, Shift Your Mindset, Develop Grit, and Break Barriers. And this one has taken me a good two years of work and study. I've interviewed renowned professors from universities on the neuroscience side. Um, I've done a lot of uh, research, read a lot of dry (laughs) academic papers to pull out the good stuff, you know, and really have tried to make this a really easy read and applicable. So it's not just what does the science say? It's like, what does the Bible say? It's how do we put this in everyday steps so that you can really walk this out as a, and make this a habitual process of every day, you know how to renew your mind. And hopefully it's an entertaining read with some, you know, anecdotes and allegories and some metaphors to help really make it uh, useful. And in the back of that, I do have a, a course that goes with the book. If people want to take the process further. And I have, a, I have a, actually a mindset series of uh, a few books. So what I love to do is teach this concept and then break it down into smaller little bite-sized chunks. So if they would like to get, I do have some free resources, like they can go to my website and get a free download, 12 Steps to Supercharge Your Mindset. And I have my own YouTube channel where I, every week I have new um, inspirational videos. And um, yeah, so definitely connect with me online, social. I'm everywhere at Mamika Cooney. I love to hang out on Instagram um, and um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and everywhere else. But yeah, definitely reach out to me. I'd be be delighted to get in t- contact with your audience. Awesome. So all those links for all the socials and the website and YouTube, they're all in the show notes. So check that out. Thank you so much, Mamika. I love this conversation. Love it. Cool. So oh, good. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I said, oh, we could talk all day about this. Like how far, how far do we want to, to take it? But if, if anyone is listening, uh, you know, just take to heart that you, you are not stuck with the brain you're in. The situation you're in is just temporary. You've got to think about it as a passing through that there are tools available for, to help you really work at your optimum. And it's kind of like a mind hacking approach, right? How do we really get under the hood of our vehicle and, and to optimize it so we are driving a Ferrari, not a banged up Ford. So sometimes it requires a little bit of kindness and self-care um, and um, putting out, taking ourselves to the garage to do a little work. But believe me, it's going to be a, so much more of a fun ride when you, you, are, you are driving in luxury because you'll arrive in style. Amen. Let's all go get in those Ferraris. <laughs> awesome, Amika. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.